Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, Keith Booth, Tony Kukoc, Joey Devine, Dickie Simpkins, Bill Wennington, Sean Keen, Corey Benjamin, Charles Jones. Special guest, Sean Hyken. Musical guest, Chicago. And now the host of Round Ball Rock, Dave Schilling. Oh boy, wow, it feels good to be back, guys. I'm Dave Schilling, and this, this, is Round Ball Rock. Wow, John, how are you? I'm doing great, how are you doing, Dave? Wow, it's good to be back, it really is, guys. (laughs) Joey. Hi. It's Joey. fam. Yes. Uh, I, I got some really disturbing news that I oh. feel like I need to share with the audience. Oh, no. Um, they announced today that the wife on Kevin Can Wait is being killed off. No. Yeah. They're, they're murdering the character, and they're doing a, a time jump, like Battlestar Galactica. But <laughs> Wait, they're... Kevin James needs to be a sadder figure. Is that what they decided? I think they decided that they wanted to do a King of Queens reboot. Well, they, they cast Leia Remini to play his his friend. Are they? So wait, they announced this in advance. They didn't like make this a surprise. There, uh, yeah, there, there's like some uh, television uh, press association tour right now, and uh, CBS announced they're killing her off. 
Are don't these gonna... don't these shows usually like to like like keep that stuff a secret so that people have to watch if they know like what the big twist is going to be? Like, why would you announce that like at your upfronts or whatever? I have a theory. It's because the people who watch Kevin Can Wait don't pay attention to it. Are <laughs> they going to rename the show All Wives Go to Kevin? Is my uh, I think they will now, because I know a lot of CBS bigwigs listen to Round Ball Rock. Yes! Uh, before we get... Royalties on that one, though. Before we <laughs> far down the rundown of today, today's episode, I didn't listen to last week's episode, I wasn't on it, but did you guys announce all the good news? Oh, we sure did, Dave. Oh, baby, I'm so excited. So, if you're pumped like I am for us to record our My Giant commentary track <laughs> be patient we're getting there we're getting there it's it's tough to schedule all three of us as i'm sure you guys can tell so getting us all in the same room and a dvd or streaming copy of my giant <laughs> harder than it sounds we have to buy uh, a skid from george mirasan's ebay account just to get a copy of my giant so oh it's I mean we we did we did buy one for the live show but we then gave it away. Yeah, That's and for Billy Crystal you have to actually commit to a Mr. Saturday night and a Father's Day. And that's not. <laughs> Do we Why? have to get permission for this to exhibit this for profit? Just kidding. We're not making any money on this show. <laughs> uh, I feel like I could get a voicemail from David Paymer would that work? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like a doctor's note. Uh, we have a guest this week, uh, Sean Hyken, basketball writer extraordinaire. Hello, sir. How you doing, Dave? I'm How doing... you guys doing? Oh, boy, so good. Uh, we, Sean and I saw each other at Summer League, and yeah. uh, Sean, I've heard that you are a free agent, and if you are a basketball fan or editor, that is, basketball editor, you should hire our friend here as soon as possible. I am a I mean, I'm a, I am a free agent. This is true. Uh, I guess restricted free agent for now. I'm still under contract with the Athletic for another couple of months. But yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of really important editors listen to this, like at the major outlets. Uh, oh yeah, a, yeah. This is a moment that it turns around for you. That would be great. There's a big literary agent named Dubaru that is a really big fan <laughs> of the podcast. So if you get on his good side, you never know where things could go. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an important figure. Okay, okay so um, do we still do the news drop? Can the robot give me a news drop? The robot can do robot. it. Thanks, robot. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Uh, the Clippers curse continues, guys. Danilo Gallinari pulled a Blake Griffin and punched a dude in a European friendly, no less. What? 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 He, well, first off, it was a not so friendly. Am I right? Now, Um, this was Eurobasket friendly, correct? uh, So he broke his thumb, right? Not his hand. And they're claiming he's going to be back, I believe in time for training camp. But... Well, the thumb's not a really important part of the hand. <laughs> so that, that doesn't sound like a big deal. Um, what I wonder is, did no one teach 
Danilo how to, uh, like, was his thumb inside of his fist like a four-year-old making a fist? Is that how he ended up breaking it? Or did his dad teach him how to make a fist is my question. Was it was it a full fist or was it more like um Oh, like it a was claw? a full punch. <laughs> I mean, I think he probably just got like punching lessons from Blake Griffin because this exact same thing happened to Blake last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I do think it was weird that whatever Euro team he was playing was playing Matthias Testi uh at power forward. That was weird. He didn't seem like he has the size for the position, but I guess you know, you get you get a power forward and a strength coach with Mun's salary. Because why wouldn't you want a member of the Los Angeles Clippers training and medical staff with their <laughs> sparkling record of keeping players healthy, particularly in the postseason? Did you watch, uh, I mean, did, or not watch, did you guys see what Atori Messina said about this whole thing? No, what did he say? <laughs> Atori Messina, for, you know, for people who, you know, he, he's an assistant coach on the Spurs, and he's also, you know, he, he's, he's Italian, and so he, you know, he was part of, you know, involved in, you know, this game. He's, he was one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. And he said, on Gallinari's injury, and this is a quote, I got this from Sportando on Twitter, which is a pretty reliable source for, like, international basketball news. Uh, the coach says, it's difficult to explain to a 30-year-old man concepts like loyalty and responsibility. <laughs> Perfect. He's going to be quite an addition to that Clipper team. At first, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. You know, he's a, he's a versatile player. Sure, he's injury-prone, but uh, this is the kind of guy that I felt like the Clippers really could have used. I he drank the Kool-Aid at the press conference. It's summer league, and now I think actually, wait a minute, he's punching guys in European <laughs> friendlies. This might be a mistake. I actually still think the Clippers are a playoff team. I don't know about you guys. Probably. Yeah, I think so. It depends how many games Blake Griffin and Danilo Gallinari play. I think. Right. I mean, that's always that's always the thing with them. I'm I'm just I'm so scared about this Blake Griffin contract. I'm really worried it's going to be like that contract Amari got with the Knicks where he had one good year and then his body just completely broke down. But, I mean, if he's healthy, obviously Patrick Beverly is a pretty big downgrade from Chris Paul at point guard, but, like, he's still he's still pretty good. He's still a starter. He can still defend. Like, I think they're going to be okay. Guys, fun I... question. Fun question. Mm-hmm. Do we think uh, Melo yeah. is in play here? For the, for the Clippers. Clippers? Yeah. As far as, we, as far as we know, he only wants to go to Houston. Oh boy! That's yeah, he he won't even go to the Cavs. He, well, the Cavs don't have anything to trade anyway, yeah. unless they want to trade Kyrie. Which, like, I wouldn't trade Kyrie for Melo if I was the Cavs, even though Kyrie right. wants out. Yeah, that would be foolish. I wouldn't uh, trade Love for Melo either. No. Like, I I I think I I I'm really interested to see what ends up happening with Carmelo because, like, he's I mean, he's doing the exact same the only team I want to go to. But this time, like, he actually has a no-trade clause, and so teams are scared off by that. But, like, at the same time, Melo doesn't have a lot of value anymore. And right. Houston, like, unless, unless, like, they, unless New York wants to take on Ryan Anderson's contract, which I don't know why you would if you're the Knicks, or, like, a third team wants to get involved, you know, like, you've heard Portland might be maybe involved, but then Portland has basically said, look, we're, we're, we'll do a Melo trade if Melo wants to come to us, but we're not going to help facilitate Houston getting him. 
Right. Why would Portland want Ryan Anderson has been my question that entire time. Like, Well, it depends on what they can get out of. Like, if they can get off of, like, because Portland's got a lot of really bad too. Yeah. They can get off of Evan Turner if they can get off of Myers Leonard. Maybe the Knicks decide they think Evan Turner is a better fit. I don't know why you'd ever think that's the move, but if that's something they think he's a better fit for them than Ryan Anderson and the Blazers can get off that contract, like, Anderson I, could be a good fit next to Nurkic. I could see that working. I guess Ryan Anderson is essentially what you'd want Zach Collins to be. Yeah, I mean, why so. not just have them all live in a house for a reality show? Like, put Myers <laughs> Leonard, Nurkic, Zach Collins, Ryan Anderson. Get Scalabrini to be, like, the den mother for that whole group. Just just big, overrated, 6'10", soft-ass forwards. <laughs> I mean, is well, could Prisbilla produce the show? He's not really. Prisbilla sure. is like a god. In, I'm, actually, I'm actually from Portland, so I'm actually qualified to talk about this. Joel Prisbilla could run for governor of Oregon right now if he wanted to and win. Joel Prisbilla is like one of the most popular people in the history of the city. Yeah. and he was was so... he on the Blazers that long? Even he was there for five or six years, and he had a couple of different stints. But I, I think, I mean. It was, it was, I think it was because, like, that was right around the time of, like, 07, 08, 09, when they were, like, just started, like, with, like, the, like, the start of the Brandon Roy year, like, LaMarcus Aldridge, like, that whole era, when they were just starting to, like, they traded Zach Randolph, they traded Darius Miles, they were starting to kind of get out, out of the, uh, Jail Blazers era, and he was kind of one of the guys in that, in, you know, on those teams that was kind of in those transition years. So I think a lot of people in Portland really have them soft. I, I know my brother had a Joel Prisbilla Rip City jersey. Well, I don't know if he still has it. Also, he has the greatest nickname. Well, not the greatest, but one of the, like, 12 greatest nicknames in the history of basketball. Uh, the Vanilla Gorilla. You can't. Yeah. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. It's pretty good. Guys, as important as this conversation is, I gotta move on to what we really are here to talk about. Okay. Steph Curry making fun of LeBron James's workout video at Harrison Barnes's wedding. That's what really matters, right? No. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay, good. Someone's on the same page as me. I think we need to establish very quickly whether or not this is actually a trolling video, or if this has been blown out of proportion by very bored basketball rap. I mean, I think it's, it's both. Awesome, yeah. It's both, right? Like, we're still, we're still waiting. Like, the thing is, most of the free agency stuff is already shaken out. Like, we're still waiting for the Kyrie trade to happen. We're still waiting for the Mello trade to happen, if that happens. But other than that, it's like, okay. Steph Curry posts something on Instagram. You know, I, I used to be in these content minds back when I was, you know, more of a blogger and aggregator. Like, I, like a video comes across Instagram that's, oh, it's, Steph Curry making fun of LeBron James. I can put those two names in the headline and get some clicks out of it. I think the thing that took it over the top, though, was the presence of Kyrie Irving. Well, right, because that makes it actually news because there's been all these reports about, like, Kyrie doesn't want to play with LeBron, and LeBron is mad that Kyrie wants to be traded, and Kyrie is mad that, like, it got leaked and he thinks LeBron leaked it. The fact that, like, Kyrie was, even even if he wasn't, like, being serious, and, like, he wasn't, like, malicious or anything, the fact that he was in the room and, like, participating in, like, other people, other NBA stars on a, I guess, rival team, I guess you can call them rivals because they played in the finals the last three years, but, like, they, uh, like, making fun of LeBron, like, all that's going to do is add to it, so I feel like that actually is sort of newsworthy. Gentlemen? Uh, yeah, agree, disagree. I, 
I agree. I do think that it's important that uh, this video did cover up the fact that Harrison Barnes shot O for nine at his own wedding. So that's good. <laughs> that was rough. Like he kept they kept giving him the garter and he'd throw it to the single man and it would like land in the cake. He'd hit the band with it. It was rough. Do you know how many tries it took him to put that ring on his own finger? <laughs> I don't know. Kyrie actually know. snatched one of them away from him. That was, like, brutal. It was he like, I, I thought I'd bench, have two. Off, he couldn't even get off the, on the bench at, off the bench at his wedding, just like he couldn't get off the bench on the Olympic team. Now, one thing I didn't know is that Harrison Barnes and Kyrie Irving are, like, very close. Conspiracy yeah, they played, they played high school together. They played AAU together. Conspiracy theory time, guys. What if Harrison Barnes tanked the finals in 2016? Well, I, I do think <laughs> I I don't necessarily think Harrison Barnes tanked the finals, but I do wonder. It wasn't a surprise that the Warriors, their whole plan was to ditch Andrew Bogut and Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. And those guys were not very good in the finals. Although Harrison Barnes had a big game one. So like, here's so here's the thing. There's like there's like some there's like some different levels to this. Uh-huh. Like why would like Harrison Barnes like I think Harrison Barnes knew like he he heard all the stuff about like oh they're trying to get Durant, they're trying to get Durant, and he knew very well that, you know, if they got Durant, he'd be the one that had to go. And so like why would he he also probably knew that if they had lost the uh if they, if they had won the finals, Durant's probably not going there because then it would look like he's joining the team and just won the championship. So why would he try to make it more likely that Durant goes there and then as a result he goes from being on this team that goes to the finals every year to being on the Mavericks and just like never making the playoffs? Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he was tanking. I think it probably was bad for the team that two of their crucial players knew that the clock was running and they were going to get rid of him. I don't think I don't think he played badly on purpose, but I do think he maybe played badly uh due to, you know, mental stuff. I still think uh, I don't want to re-legislate the 2016 finals again, but I still think the Warriors would have won in 5 if Draymond hadn't gotten suspended. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. But I'm 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 just saying like Given that he did get suspended and Barnes played terribly at the end right. of the series, I just wonder if that's a factor. Like, you know, you're getting fired. You're probably not going to keep stocking the shelves in the same <laughs> diligent way that you used to. Let's get back. Steph was making fun of LeBron for sure, right? Everyone agrees? I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy deserves the entire summer making fun of Steph Curry in the Warriors last year. Right, that's but, what I don't understand everyone's reaction to this, where it's like, everyone's so mad for LeBron, it seems like, and it's like, didn't LeBron make headstone cookies? That and had, like, 3-1 on them, and like, 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 they went all out, like, that, I remember, they, like, they went hard with that Halloween party with the decorations. You guys done? I think so. Okay, um... <laughs> Let's talk about the basketball court, Steph Curry, because he, he's not going to be dancing at weddings for the rest of his life. He gets paid to do other things. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne Wade tweeted out his plan for stopping Steph Curry. Yeah, so Dwayne Wade was taking questions on Twitter yesterday, I guess, and somebody tweeted, how do you slow down Steph Curry? Dwayne Wade replied, say that every grocery store in the world go out of business and his wife can't cook him any food. 
Whatever <laughs> she's cooking, it's working. It's not the... I mean, what? what is with Dwayne Wade and eating? <laughs> Well, we talked about his sea bass adventure so many times. Now he just this, thinks, like all he thinks about is food. This is this is why I wanted to bring this up. This is a really bad week for LeBron because yeah. this is another one of his friends siding with Steph Curry over sea bass. Like he's basically saying that if Aisha cooked a meal and LeBron had ordered him sea bass, he would pick the Aisha Curry food. Well, do we know that? I mean, I, I don't I don't know like all the inner workings of like these different like relationships that these people have. Do we know that? Uh, do we know if Aisha and Gabrielle are friends? Because he might have just been trying to pump up Aisha's cooking book, cooking show, or her, or her cookbook, or whatever by making that the focus of this question about Steph Curry. <laughs> what if I'm wondering though? What if these guys are so passive aggressive? What if he's passively aggressively uh, complaining about Gabrielle's cooking? That he's like, oh, I wish, I wish someone would cook delicious food for me, whoever that might be. That's not, I mean, that's kind of not a great look if that's the case because Gabby has been like the most having his back on Twitter when people make jokes about how he's old and he's washed up. Like he's always, <laughs> Gabby's always the one that's coming out and, and, and like. I've like I've like somehow gotten on the wrong side of it, even though I totally didn't intend to. She called me out one time, which is <laughs> oh, what did she say to you? I didn't even take a shot at him. I was like, what I did was like, I woke like I I I like they, they in like April or March or something. They put out the list of like the best selling jerseys of the year, and they you know I you know as as somebody who covers the Bulls as my full time job. So I wake up in the morning, I get this email with, from the league with, like, this list of the best-selling jerseys. Immediately, I'm just like, okay, where's Jimmy on here? So, so I find Jimmy on there, I go to tweet it out, and then I notice that Derrick Rose is on there. And I'm just like, wait, seriously? Like, <laughs> how, many, how many people bought a Derrick Rose Knicks jersey? Like, okay, and so I tweet out, like, Jimmy Butler was on this list, Derrick Rose was also on this list, and, like, I, I, I have that as my tweet. And then Gabby, like, retweets my tweet and is like, yeah, and so was Dwayne Wade, but nobody talks about that, right? And I was like, I, 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 just, like, I didn't even think to, like, like it was, I swear to God, that wasn't a shot, but, like, that's, like, that's how Ryder's eye Gabby is for Dwayne. Like, even anything that's, like, could be perceived as a shot, she'll, like, she'll go at you. I was trying to find out what she's been up to, and apparently she's on, uh, has made 43 episodes of a BET show that I had never heard of, but she is the lead. So, she's still working. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't knock it. I can't say yeah. I watched very many episodes of Being Mary Jane. By very many, I haven't watched any, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know who else is still working, guys? Shaquille O'Neal. Even though it's technically the off season, and he should be on the beach drinking Cosmopolitans or whatever it is. I Shaq thought you <laughs> for a second. I thought you said on the beat, and I was like, yeah, I guess he is a police officer. When the NBA is done, <laughs> he's got to go back to fighting crime. Right. Uh, no, on the, on the beach. On the beach. Uh, so Shaq took some time out of his not-so-busy schedule to record a LeVar Ball diss track. Can the robot play a small snippet of this without us getting sued? Is that possible? Yes. I don't think it's a commercially song, so I think you're okay. <laughs> Shaq and I are Turner buddies. Anyway, it's fine. I've been doing this a long time When you was averaging two points Riding a pine You see my t-shirts You see my feet work 
call a brand That was me first How many parades did I give them LA streets How many rings with Kobe See, you thought we had beef How many accolades How many ceremonies I had whatever I want Like Tony, Tony, Tony You beating me? That's a punch of baloney You think you mailman? You ain't even Jeff Maloney Uh, I kinda like the song can I just say <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Is it, like better or worse? is it better or worse than Kobe Tell Me How My Ass Tastes? Nothing it's, is better than that. Nothing is, nothing is worse than that. Um, better. Better, Dave. No, I think you said that wrong. Shaq <laughs> is a good rapper, though. Regardless he's, not, of, yeah. he's the yeah, best Shaq's, NBA rapper of all time, I would I say. Like, he's really, no, I think, I, think, I think Steven Jackson is the best NBA rapper of all time. I've... I, well, I think Tony Parker is the best. Shaq is like, I guess, I guess what I would say is Shaq maybe, uh, Shaq has more of a body of work than anyone else and has like, he has more things that are legitimate songs. I did a song with Michael Jackson. Yeah, he's had, he's had like albums that people actually bought, which is pretty rare for an NBA rapper. He's like, he's like the the career value Hall of Famer in terms of rapping. Not, like, the individual tracks, but, you know, he's like he's like uh, Pete Rose. Without the gambling. Well, I don't, I don't want to talk about his gambling, but, yeah, yeah, he's on the right side of the law is what's happening. Sure. And he's not betting <laughs> against his own team. <laughs> Did you guys know that Shaq, uh, apparently, like, I don't think this has obviously ever been released, and I don't think it ever will be released, but did you guys know that Shaq participated in the Chinese democracy recording sessions with Axl Rose? Wait, what? <laughs> Apparently, like, back in the early, like, the mid-90s, like, when Slash first left and Axl was, like, first starting, like, recording all, like, these, these new songs with these new people, apparently he had a song with Shaq on it. I don't think it's ever been released, but, like, apparently that was a thing. I was just doing, like, a... Like every six months or so, I'll do like the I'll do like the Axl Rose Wikipedia deep dive into like the whole Chinese democracy thing. At that time, yeah, like I think they had a, he had a song with Shaq, or he reportedly had a song with Shaq, or there were rumors that he had a song with Shaq. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed that there's an Axl Rose Shaq collaboration, but like it's it, it's floating around on the internet that this song may or may not exist. Well, I think it was actually called "Hey Duff, Tell Me How My Ass Tastes," <laughs> right? <laughs> Would you would you rather hear that lost Shaq Axl Rose song or the Kevin Durant LeBron song? Shaq Axl Rose. Shaq Axl Rose song. Uh, I'm gonna go the other way, baby. Somebody, somebody played like a somebody play like a 20 minute like clip of the or 20 second clip of the LeBron song. It sounded kind of whack. Like I feel like the I feel like there's more potential for like the like the Shaq Axl Rose song. I'm sure it's terrible, but. It's. I'm. I'm really interested to hear like what you, like like I know like maybe, maybe Axel was like I want to get into hip hop I want to start like expanding my rise. What, what made it think? Yeah, of all the rappers that I could call, I'm gonna call the guy who's actually an NBA player his day job. Like, <laughs> I feel like with Axel Rose, like you have that much like label money behind you to do whatever you're doing, you could probably get like Dr. Dre or or, or Ice. Right. Or Joey was bringing this up. Just we've we've. I think when you follow the NBA a lot you lose some of the perspective on just how weird this is. Joey was saying it's um it's a retired it's like Terry, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's like if Terry Bradshaw released a country music song about Archie Manning. 
That is basically what if this were yeah, another sport. A retired, a Hall of Fame player turned broadcaster released a who diss basically track works for the league about a player's dad. It's very weird, and and everyone. I mean, my reaction, just like everyone, was like, "Of course, of course, this is no, like, was, this is what happens now." I saw that and I was just like, "Wait, Shaq hadn't already done a Levar Ball diss track, <laughs> right?" Well, I look forward to the entire song. I think it'll probably be fantastic. <laughs> and maybe, if we're good, we'll get a full album. Who do you, knows? Do you think he has bars for JaVale McGee as well? Oh, man, that's deep in the vault. He can never take know. those out. Because after JaVale's mom read him the riot act, there's no way he's ever going to say another word about JaVale McGee. Here's really? what I- Here's the thing I've always wondered about Shaq's music. I feel like if, so, like, like remember a few years ago when, like, Samsung had the phone where, like, you could bump the phone next to somebody else's Samsung phone and it would, like, transfer, like, a song or an email or a pic. I think, like, two years ago, <laughs> the NBA on TNT was always doing, like, a promotion for it. I feel I've, like... I've only had the ESPN phone since 2002. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It still All works. Right. Hold on. I'm getting a call on my ESPN phone. Hello? Da, yes, da, da. Yes, Mr. Berman? Yes, it is me. Hi. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you. Goodbye. Yeah, Chris calls me sometimes. He's just like, you want to come over for steak? And I'm does, like, it just like, does it just like come preloaded? Like, does the ESPN phone just like come preloaded with the contact info for everybody who was working at ESPN in like 2001 or whenever they came out with the ESPN phone? Yeah, the... preloaded with uh, Rick Riley columns, and, but you can only read them one <laughs> sentence at a time. If you dial one, it calls the Schwab. <laughs> and uh, if you turn off safe search, you can communicate with Mike Tirico. So that's nice. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's continue with the anecdote here with the Samsung phone. I just had to <laughs> throw a dig into the ESPN for a second. I just, I just remember thinking when that was a thing. And by the way, I'm looking on eBay. I don't think anybody's selling ESPN phones right now. I kind of want one. Of but, course, they're great. But like I. Like, I remember, like, when that was a thing, and you could just, like, and this is, like, right when Shaq was first, like, he first retired, and then he, like, went on to TNT, and he was just, like, super annoying those first couple of years, and I was just, like, remember thinking, I'll bet Shaq just goes around the TNT studio, just, like, slamming, his, like, bumping his phone into everybody else's phone, and just, like, putting all of his own music on there, like, I'll bet that's something <laughs> that he did. He probably does. Why not? It's called viral marketing. Okay, it's viral marketing. Anyway, let's move along. We have more to talk about. That's not the Sanyo ESPN phone. Where there's a <laughs> there's a fantasy column, something called the Answer Guy, which I guess was the the sports guy, but for answers. It was a sports guy. That, it was Bill Simmons, but only writing columns about Allen Iverson. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He's like, it, here's 15 reasons why Alan Iverson's like Beverly Hills 90210. It's like, <laughs> ask Jeeves if the butler was Joe House. Oh, all right. Okay. That's I, not I a slam it. on Joe House. Just, we could keep going. I just don't want to. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the Rockets, guys. Mm-hmm. What are the Rockets going to do? Are they uh, going to be a contender... But more importantly than that, where are they going for vacation? Well, that's that's what I wanted to bring up here. This truly was the worst week for LeBron in the history of his life because Kyrie Irving made fun of him. 
Dwayne Wade sided with Steph, Cur- Steph and Aisha Curry, and now the Rockets are planning a banana boat trip to the Bahamas without him. So is James Harden like? Is this an official banana boat squad sanctioned event, or is it just like Jane, or is it just Chris Paul now that he's on the Rockets, like taking the concept? Are there going to be like rival banana boat squads? Because like the original banana boat squad is LeBron, Chris Paul, Melo, and Wade. But like, do they own like the the rights to the concept of a banana boat squad? Like now, like I I know Melo and Wade were like on vacation with Jimmy Butler. Like is Jimmy Butler going to be part of like a of a rival banana boat squad? Is there going to be like a whole fleet of like rival banana boat squads like going at each other now like on Twitter. Oh, I o- I only I wish so bad that weirdly the banana boat replaces the hoverboard as the NBA's choice of travel. Joey, can you photoshop Chris Paul into a scene from Captain Phillips? I think so. Commandeering a banana boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're. Sorry, taking... guys. I'm just, I'm just researching the ESPN phone right now, guys. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Crazy. I can't. There was a whole chapter it. about. It. Did you guys read the oral history? That, that I Jim did. Wore? I did. There I was did. like a whole chapter of the book, just like like they were devoting like what like what we're gonna have. Like, like we're gonna have a chapter about like the origins of ESPN. We're gonna have a chapter about like the beginning of the sports center. We're gonna have a chapter about all this stuff. There's like a whole chapter about about just the phone. I mean, it's one of the weirder corporate decisions. Ever, Guys, you right? couldn't even download porn on it. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is the point? Okay, so the, speaking of pornography, if, the if Rockets would have to on it. If you tried to get porn on it, it would uh, a, a page would. It's like you rumbled and stumbled onto something you shouldn't be looking at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Swami says eighteen and over. <laughs> We're we're sending you back, 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 back to the homepage. Okay, sorry, I just derailed. Rockets. Let's talk about the Rockets and not the ESPN phone. So yeah, they're going on a banana boat trip, but more importantly, Beyonce wants to buy the Rockets. I mean, she's probably not going to be buying it herself. She'll probably be part of a consortium or or you know large investment group. Sort of like Magic Johnson ostensibly owns a piece of the Dodgers, LAFC, the Sparks. Yeah, how uh, much? Um, how much of the team does Magic actually own? Not that much. I think he owns roughly the same amount of the of the Dodgers that Jay Z owned of the Nets. So like one sixteenth of one percent. Remember when Jay Z wanted to start his Rock Nation agency? He had to sell his shares of the Nets because he didn't want to create a conflict of interest. If, if his wife is trying to buy an NBA team while he's running his, like, his business. Like, I know some of their stuff is probably separate, but, like, since they're married, like, their business interests are kind of, like, legally linked to each other. Like, can be can Beyonce own part of the Rockets if, if her husband is still running an agency that reps NBA players? I don't know. I just hope uh, Kelly Rollins doesn't have to sell that car wash she owns. <laughs> I'm just imagining, can you pay my luxury tax bills? Because that James Harden extension is expensive. Dead air, guys. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, said, I don't know. There. I said something. <laughs> just making sure everybody got their, their takes in. Okay, so uh, last thing to say about the Rockets here is uh, everybody's favorite GM, Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. Thinks that we should get rid of the postseason awards show that just debuted last year. 
Wait, the awards show or the awards altogether? I think he just means the awards show. I don't no, think. No, he... I think he means the awards altogether because he's, I think so he's, just mad, he's mad that James Harden didn't win MVP. I think that's why he said it. He's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Why would we do that? Well, it's like okay, his we... coach also just won Coach of the Year, and his, and Eric Gordon won Sixth Man of the Year. It's not like the Rockets got completely shut out of. What the hell would we talk about for most of the NBA season if not the postseason awards? Right. Here's a hot take. Here's a hot take, guys. I actually thought the award show was like not terrible. It's fine. I mean, it's really like it's really like everybody just talking like, oh, the award show sucks. Like it's a stupid idea. I thought it was like not a disaster. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. I I had no. I didn't even watch it. I just (laughs) I felt like it was really uninteresting. Like like just as a concept. Well, my problem with it is that they really just should have done it earlier in the year because by now it's like okay. We spent the last month of the regular season re-legislating, like, whether it should be Westbrook or Harden or Kawhi or whoever to win MVP. Harden and Westbrook already played each other in the playoffs. Uh, the Warriors already won the championship. The draft already happened, and now we're having this award show. I think that was the biggest problem with it is, like, okay, now everybody's talking about, like, the Chris Paul trade just happened. Everybody's talking about, like, free agency, and everybody's talking about, like, what LeBron's going to do next year. Like, nobody's really thinking about, oh, who had the best season? Who was the most improved player of the year? Like, if they could find a way logistically to do it in, like, that three-day window of time between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs, like, I think it would really, I I think it would really work. Like, because I thought, like, I thought Drake was pretty funny as a host. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm, like, lukewarm on Drake, like, as a, as a thing. Like, I like a lot of his songs. But I'm, like, some huge Drake fan. But I thought he was really funny at, in, you know, as the host. I thought the Monty Williams speech was great, obviously. I thought the Russell Westbrook MVP speech was great. Like, I don't think the whole thing was good. But there were parts of it that I thought was re- really worked well. What I would say I... is you have the Oscars have balloting that's secret, and it's run by an accounting firm. The the NBA awards are written by are are voted on by people who discuss how they voted all the time. So everybody knew that Westbrook won the MVP two months before the awards ceremony happened. Well, you actually are making Daryl Morey's argument for him. Would you like me to read the? Oh, that we should cut out award. Is he just sick of spending hundreds of hours lobbying for James Harden to win those awards? Uh, he seems he like somebody says, who cares deeply about NBA awards, given that he, he would go on any podcast in America to, to argue for James Harden, and he had the Rockets stat- statistics department inventing stats to make James Harden look better this year. Here, here's what he said. He said, I don't know if this is a good process. The ones that are decided by players or executives or media, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. I honestly don't think there's a good process. You could argue for eliminating the awards altogether. I don't really see a good way to do it that doesn't have major issues. I like clean answers. If there's not going to be a set criteria and there's going to be issues with how it's structured, for me, it might be better not to have it at all. Yeah, for you, maybe. Not for the entire rest of the NBA fan world. Uh, Blake Griffin had a real funny response. He said, honestly, we should do away with championships, too. Seems dumb to me. Participation trophies for everybody. Don't at me. <laughs> wow. See, I, think it I actually think it would have been funnier without the don't at me. 
It would have like been way to, funnier without. I feel like athlete. he tried to do too much there, and I actually like. I think Blake is like one of the few athletes who I think is like actually like legit funny, not just like funny for an athlete, but like is actually funny. But I think I think he tried to do too much in that tweet. Agreed, one hundred percent. The only actual funny athlete is Gilbert Arenas. You guys know that's true. Anyway, so <laughs> only uh, only only before the injuries and the guns back back before he just did, like was posting about like oh I don't like the WNBA because the players are too fat or whatever. Like, no, that's all that. the stuff. That was all the stuff I was talking about. Yeah, I love making fun of fat ladies. Just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting that that uh, Blake Griffin was like uh, participation trophies for everyone. Like he's a second away. From calling everybody snowflakes or SJW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do really enjoy that uh, this. I was hoping that there'd be kind of a Rockets Clippers feud, and it seems like there's some definite bad blood. Oh yeah. Well, there was already some kind of some stuff between Chris and Blake anyway, so it's like now, Chris, right? Like, like, like Chris basically said, "Look, I don't. I, I want to leave. I want to go to the Rockets," and then like they. You know, they did this trade, and now Blake Griffin's like, okay, well, you're going to do that, and then this GM that did, the, that did the trade for you, now he's the one that's, like, saying, oh, well, we should get rid of the award show because my guy didn't win the awards. Like, I, I, I can see why Blake's upset. I wonder if Blake Griffin, without Chris Paul, suddenly will become really stoic about foul calls. Like, he's, he's just going to reject <laughs> the whole Chris Paul thing. Well, how much of that is him, and how much how much of that is Chris, and how much of it's Doc? Because I feel like Doc like drives a lot of the like players, like, the Clippers complaining about the refs, like like all that kind of stuff. I feel like a lot of it comes from Doc. I mean, if you want to say something negative about Doc Rivers, I am definitely here for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a neg. It's not even negative. Like it's not even a judgment. But it's just that's how they operate. Well, let's say let's save all the mean comments about Doc Rivers for after our commercial break. Shall we? We've got a new sponsor this week, guys. It's very exciting. This time, it's a children's product. It's a toy for a creative child, a kid who loves dogs, Eastern culture, and vaping. It's called China Clay. Now, China Clay is a very adaptable toy for kids of all ages. Made by Anta. You can do whatever you like. You can do whatever you want with it. Take it outside, make long projects, mold it into the shape of your dog Rocco. Whatever your stoned-ass brain can imagine. It can be molded into a defensive shield, a weapon, anything really that doesn't require dribbling. Why, you can even spin all the way around and try something crazy. You will almost certainly fail, but that's still exciting. Now, China Clay may get you exhausted. It's like 16 hours worth of jet lag every time. And we will warn you, some of the containers of China Clay have been soaked in tequila and glitter. But China Clay is a very valuable toy, especially if your child is surrounded by three more talented children. China Clay, the greatest toy of the summer. Buy it now before it leaves the shelves in 2019. I heard China Clay is on its way to Los Angeles in 2019, actually, which is very exciting for those of us who understand the joke here. <laughs> I heard, that, I heard that they, like, they just signed like a new 10-year, 10, 10 like $80 million distribution deal like for Anta to keep producing the China Clay. 
It's true. Oh. Some people say that um, it looks kind of dorky, but um, I think it's pretty affordable. I think you're right. I agree. You know what? It just maybe, maybe you should stop vaping so much. Okay, <laughs> let's talk to Sean. Not Sean Keen, our guest. Okay, Sean Keen, keep your mouth shut for this. Fine. Don't talk. Sean, you found some pretty wacky NBA jerseys during Summer League, my friend. What is the strangest piece of sports merchandise you've ever seen? Or that you own? Because maybe you got some freaky shit in your closet. I don't know. I actually don't own very many jerseys, which is like a little bit... It's not very on-brand for me, but I'm more of like... I think I think it's more just like I like since I'm like an actual like quote unquote legitimate NBA reporter, I can't be out here like wearing these jerseys, and I'm not gonna just buy something. Yeah. The all-time greatest one. I was with. Uh, it was this was the 2015 finals, and I was I was in Cleveland. I was with my buddy Danny Larue, who I'm sure you guys know. He covers the Warriors, rich for like real GM. We were at the food court in the mall, like because there's the mall like right next to the arena in Cleveland. And so we were at the food court, and we saw a dude with a number three Cavs jersey. And it was a Dion Waiters, but the guy, like, put scotch tape over it and made it into a Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> and, like, I, it's like, it's like, it's like it, it was great because it's like, okay, uh, you're, you're taking, like, like I, I get the idea of, like, okay, like, there's a player who wore the same number, and he's not on, like, the team anymore, so we're going to do that, like, like there was a like I, exactly one of the ones I had at summer league was somebody had a, a Demarcus Cousins Kings jersey that they made into a Vince Carter like I like I get it but like I don't think there could be two more like diametrically opposite players in the NBA in like the modern history of the NBA probably than Deion Waiters and Kendrick Perkins. I think you're yeah, probably right about that. Deion Waiters definitely gets invited to team events. Kendrick Perkins famously does not. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we're going to the uh, movies and you didn't call Perk. <laughs> <laughs> Perk probably saw the Emoji movie three times. Oh, for sure. He's like, Perk. Smiler is his favorite character, for sure. Paul Pierce actually just wait, looked wait, wait. at a flip book of pictures of the Emoji movie. <laughs> Joey, he printed he's... it out. Joey, did you see it? No, but uh, there's billboards everywhere. Yeah, Smiler. And, that's that's the yeah, if, the, the villain. Dave, it you review me. you reviewed the Emoji Movie. <laughs> yeah, so I did a I did a, a I'm doing a, a web series centered around my movie reviews for Super Deluxe, which you guys check out when it it should. Can you give us a Can you give us a little spoiler about how you felt about it? It stinks. <laughs> What what emoji would you use to describe it? Oh, um, let's see. Let me look through my phone here and see what emojis I have available. <laughs> you know that jerk off hand? Uh-huh. Like you're jerking off. It's kind of like that, except you never you never come at the end. <laughs> it's just rough, rough stroking for an hour and a half. <laughs> that should be the pull quote. <laughs> rough, rough stroking rough, rough for an hour and a half. Dave Schilling, Super uh, Deluxe. Speaking of rough, rough stroking, hey guys, what happened to the Bulls? Sean! <laughs> they really just ate a dick this year. Damn. What happened? Nice well, 
I mean, what happened? So, so how far back are we going here with the what happened? Are we talking about just the Jimmy trade, or are we talking about this whole oh, season? Or we're going all the way back to the Big Bang itself and the creation uh, of the universe. <laughs> no, no, yeah. What happened this season? Okay, what? You know, just the Jimmy Butler trade. I mean, let's go back to last year, even last off season when they decided to put together the shittiest super team of all time. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, like, so they trade, they traded Rose, and, like, the, the Rose trade, like, even at the time, like, there, it was a little bit of shocking that it was, like, like, wow, it wasn't just that, oh, they traded Derrick Rose, it was, wow, they actually got stuff for Derrick Rose, because, like, Robin Lopez was their starting center for the whole season, like, that was actually a good trade for them, but it's, like, after they traded Rose, the, the thought was, okay, they're gonna get younger, they're gonna, you know, try to rebuild this thing around Jimmy, and even the Rondo thing, when they signed Rondo, I kind of understood it, because it's, like, okay, they still, they still have Jimmy Butler, so they still want to compete. They don't think Jerry and Grant is ready to be the starting point guard yet. So they want to get a veteran point guard. And then if you look at what was on the market last summer, like Jeremy Lin got his deal done with Brooklyn pretty quickly. Mike Conley was never really going to leave Memphis. Like that was never like a possibility. So like out of the other options, Rajon Rondo was kind of the best option. So I didn't even hate that one as much. The part that I just like did not understand, even at the time, was the Dwayne Wade thing. And, like, I, I, like everybody else, thought there was no chance he was ever going to leave Miami. I thought he was just uh, using the Bulls and whoever else he was talking to as leverage, Denver. And he was eventually going to get a deal done with Miami. But then when they signed him, and they gave him a player option for the second year, what they basically did was they gave him a lifetime achievement contract for his lifetime achievements with another team. Right, his lifetime achievement of being from Chicago? Right, and like that, and that's the whole thing. And then they tried to sell it as, hey, look, we got Dwayne Wade. We got a big name. And it's like, you got a big name because he's from Chicago and Pat Riley lowballed him. If Pat Riley was still in Miami, still wanted him in Miami, he would still be in Miami. Like, that was, and by the way, it's looking like the Heat kind of made the right call on that one by not giving him kind of that, you know, the Kobe, you know, end of career contract where, like, it just destroys their cap and, like, it makes it impossible for them to develop any young guys. But, like, that was the thing. Like, there was just, like, and it wasn't even, like, in the locker room that this was a problem because, like, Butler and Wade were really tight. Like, you know, the guys on the team, like, all got along. It was just, it's such a bad fit. Especially, you know, Fred Hoiberg. Like, and I feel bad for Fred because, like, you know, as much as, like, he takes a lot of flack for not being a great coach, and I don't think he's a great coach by any means, but the first year he was there, they basically kept the exact same roster as the year before, so it was a team that was built for Thibodeau, and they brought in this coach that wants to play fast, and you've got Pau Gasol and Joe King Noah up there, and it doesn't really work. And this time it's like, okay, you got a coach. He wants to do, like, this pace and space thing. You know, he wants to do a lot of, have a lot of shooting. He wants to have a lot of athleticism. And then you sign Rondo and Wade, and it's like, okay, what, what, what are we doing here? Do you think the team had trouble adjusting to uh, getting to rest? Was it difficult to not just be running wind sprints four hours a day? Well, you kind of saw that the first year, the first Hoiberg year. Remember, Jimmy, uh, after they lost the game in New York, Jimmy was like, well, I think we need to be coached harder because he was just so used to, like, you have Tom Thibodeau. And, I mean, here's, here's the thing about Fred. Like, Fred is one of the nicest people you will ever in any walk of life, but he's not like the kind of strong personality that Tom Thibodeau is when, you know, for better or worse. And like, I mean, the thing about Tibbs is like, as much as like he kind of wore on guys, guys were kind of done with him by the end. The reason that he never really lost guys fully is because he would always, you would always feel like these guys always felt like if you put in the work, if you did what you were supposed to do, if you showed up every day and you played hard, he would have your back. He never threw guys under the bus, like in media. He never, you know, took shots at guys, anything like that. Hoiberg is like, like, 
he basically, I mean, he's basically a substitute teacher. He comes in there, like, he, you know, he is totally opposite personality from, uh, from, from Tibbs. And, like, he just, like, I don't know if he has that in him to really, like, go at somebody. Because, like, the thing that makes a coach like Steve Kerr great, like, Steve Kerr's a really nice guy. He's one of the nicest guys he'll ever meet. But Steve Kerr can also be a dick when he has to. Like, he'll go at you if he needs to make a point. I don't right, think like, Fred Hoyt really has that gear in him to have to do that. Like, if, if Jimmy Butler needs to be held accountable, like, Jimmy had already kind of, like, shown him up with the coach's harder stuff the first year. And then if you're Dwayne Wade, like, the other three coaches you've played for in the NBA are Pat Riley, Stan Van Gundy, and Eric Spolster. Like, what's Fred Hoiberg really going to have to say that you're going to take seriously? And if those two guys don't really take him seriously, then these young guys are looking at that as an example. Like, why should we take him seriously if Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade don't take him seriously? Right. Like, Fred Hoiberg's nickname is The Mayor. And you never really think of a mayor as doing anything but, like, cutting things with giant scissors. <laughs> Or, like, waving in a parade. Fred's a politician. I mean, and I, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't he doesn't want to offend anybody. Because, I mean, if you look at, like, how bad stuff got between management and Thibodeau by the end of it, like, I don't think Fred wants that to be the dynamic, especially because he has such a, like, long-standing relationship with Gar Foreman. Like, because Gar was an assistant coach at Iowa State back when Fred was uh, a player there in the mid-'90s. It's to the point that, like, their relationship is to the point that when... Fred was traded from the Bulls in the early 2000s. Gar and his wife bought Fred's house from him. Like, that's how far back they go. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, you know, when you're Fred, you come in, you've wanted to be an NBA head coach for a long time. You don't want to rock the boat. He's not going to do anything that's going to, like, assert himself or get himself on the wrong side of management or, or do anything. And, but, you, but then, like, and I think that's kind of been the approach the first couple of years. I'm really interested to see how he does. And I think he's going to do better this year with a team that everybody knows is going to win like 25 games. They have a they, they got rid of you know they got rid of Rondo. Wade is probably going to get bought out in like January or February. They mostly have guys. You know Jimmy Butler. You know as great as he was, you know they they felt like he was kind of a ball stopper. He's not really like conducive to the kind of offense that Hoiberg wants to run. They mostly just have these young guys who play the kind of style that Hoiberg wants to play. It'll be interesting to see if he can really, like, develop his own identity as a coach now that he has kind of this roster that's more built for his strengths as opposed to just, hey, you're this guy that we like that we've known from Iowa State for years. We're going to shoehorn you in and still make you play with this roster that's like, doesn't fit together. Do you think he's better than Tim Floyd? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do. I think, I think there's potential for Fred to be a good NBA coach. It just wasn't going to work with that. And I think that's a big part of why they ended up doing the trade that they did and why they made in the first place to bring in Wade and to bring in Rondo and to bring to keep the team together from the year before, like with Gasol and and Noah and all them like that stuff never made sense. I think the jury is still out on whether Fred is going to be an effective NBA head coach, but we're going to learn a lot about it this year. Here's another question I have for you. If he was a mayor and the sheriff told him there was a shark attack and he needed to close the beaches on the 4th of July weekend, would he close the beaches? You know what he would do? He would do what he did with the Instagram thing this year. He would, he would, like, say, okay, you can't come in until, like, five minutes later and then hope that we can, like, that'll keep the, sh- <laughs> the shark. Because remember, remember when, like, when there was, a, there was a thing in January where, like, where, like, where Jimmy and Wade, like, ripped all their young teammates for not trying hard enough or not wanting it badly enough. And then the next day, Rondo puts up this Instagram post, like, defending the young guys, like, calling Wade out for taking days off in practice. And so, and so Hoiberg's response was, 
he just didn't start Wade and Butler in that game. <laughs> he still like he didn't he didn't bench them for the whole game or suspend them. He just didn't start them. He started like Jerry and Grant and 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 Paul Zipser or something. But like he didn't. I forget who was even like the starters in the game. Like well, I think Doug was one of them. But like he didn't even like really punch them. He just like didn't start them in the game. And then he brought them off the bench in the first five minutes and kept the same rotations like that that he normally would the rest of the game. So it's like wow, you really showed them. <laughs> Do you know what he would uh, say there to Dwayne Wade, though, Joey? What? We're going to need a bigger banana boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, amity means friendship. <laughs> um, so, Sean, you did, just in that rant there, mention a guy I wanted to ask you about, which is Zipser mania. Uh, what are the main symptoms if you have Zipser mania, and how do you cure it? I mean, you have to be following this Bulls team, and you have to be finding any little thing possible to be to be excited about. And Paul Zipser, like, I don't think Paul Zipser is going to be like a great player or anything, but I think out of their young guys, he's you know he can be a rotation player, he can be a starter, he can be like a three and D guy. And he was also like, I think it's also like the fact that he was the number forty eight pick, and nobody ever really expects anything out of the number forty eight pick. And so the fact that he's actually a rotation player in year one, like. The Bulls, like, people who are Bulls fans, I'm not a Bulls fan, I just live here, but people who are Bulls fans, obviously, like, I cover the team, I interact with a lot of the fans here. There is not a lot about this uh, team to be excited about, or at least last year's version. So, a guy like Paul Zipser, who just comes out of nowhere, nobody's ever heard of this guy, he's from Germany, he's a second-round pick, and he's actually good. Now, so would you say that one of the symptoms, if you have to follow the Bulls to get Zipser mania, so would you You say, like, depression... Is like a symptom. I delusion. Guess, I, mean, I couldn't imagine being emo- emotionally invested in this team, but I, I don't think there's a lot of delusion about uh, the Bulls because I think most Bulls fans are pretty like like they, they know what this team is. They know like how been managed the last however many years. They they don't like they, you know some fan bases were like oh no our team is great like our like all these trades that we do are good like like I think the default setting for Bulls fans is like. This trade is awful. Like, Paul Zipser is like, oh, cool. A second-round pick from Germany who might actually be good. Like, this is cool. This is actually, like, a, like an unequivocally good thing. It's almost as good as finding, like, a top-ten player in the NBA at the end of the first round. Uh, if only they could have done that. <laughs> that. That's my favorite part of this whole thing is because, uh, because uh, uh, John Paxson went on the radio on Christmas and basically said that like the reason they haven't like, they haven't done better in the draft is because they it's really hard to find a real impact player in the lottery. <laughs> it's like okay, even forgetting Jimmy Butler for a second, Kawhi Leonard, fifteenth pick, Giannis, fifteenth pick, Rudy Gobert, twenty seventh pick, like like they, like you can find these guys. And yeah, and it's like, yeah, like you you have this guy, like it's Jimmy Butler's found money. Nobody thought that Jimmy Butler was going to be this good when they drafted him. Like, they, when they drafted him, they were just like, okay, you know, we like this guy. We like his work ethic. But, like, he's not one of these guys that, like, is coming into the league hyped up to be. Because if you look at, like, most of the guys who are, like, if you want to say Jimmy's, like, a top 10 or 15 caliber guy in the league, you can say, okay, he's, uh, you know, you look at the other guys who are in that group. It's, like, John Wall, number one pick, guy who's been, like, hyped up since AAU. Anthony Davis, number one pick, been hyped up since AAU. All these guys, like, he either went to big schools or have basically been, like, talked about since they were, like, 12. 
as like this guy is going to be an NBA star. Jimmy Butler didn't come from that mold, and so having him turn into this guy that you have, like that ends up being as good as Jimmy Butler is, is like is completely just it's just found money at that point. Yeah, and the fact that you have that guy and you can't build a better team around him than they did, like that's 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 kind of an indictment. I feel like. Yeah, it's like finding twenty dollars and then losing twenty dollars that you found. Right. Uh, but you also found like three quarters uh, in the couch cushion, so you're pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the other question I wanted to ask you specifically is, so you covered this team. How weird is Robin Lopez actually? Actually, like, I think I actually get along with Robin better than I do anybody else on the team. That might say more about me than it does about him. But, like, here's the, here's the secret to, tell, like, talking to Robin. Don't ever talk to him about basketball. If you talk to him about basketball, he's just going to say, like, even if you're off the record, if you're not doing an interview, he'll just say, yeah, you know, we really need to play harder on defense. Like, he'll just, like, he'll just say, you know, cliches like that. But ask him about, like... Dave, I feel like you would you would get along really well with Robin Lopez because you're into like like comic books and wrestling and shit. Like I feel like he like he would. Yeah, I'm a doofus. Yeah, I'm you're just... a fucking nerd, Dave. Well, like, <laughs> like comic books or asking about Star Wars, asking about like The Simpsons, asking about anything like that that he's like actually passionate about. Like, yeah, I'm like, gonna do that. Ask, gonna... ask about like something like that that not everybody asks him about every single day. And he's and he's great. Like like he and I will just like like we've talked about the Simpsons a lot, and like we'll talk about like like he and I have had multiple like twenty minute conversations about which NBA jerseys we like and don't like, like from history. Uh, Dave, the other thing you could talk about Robin Lopez with is Central California. Oh so. yeah, baby! I was just in <laughs> Fresno. It's steam. <laughs> it smells worse than the Emoji Movie. You know what I mean, baby? I bet Robin Lopez saw the Emoji movie this weekend. 100%. I feel like he's very similar to T.J. Miller's character. I don't think Robin but more discerning in his, like, in his tastes for, like... Like, he's not going to go see something like that. He's going to go see, like, what's... I don't even keep up with, like, is there, like, a comic book movie that just came hey, out? Hey, Sean, it's important to remember an improv that you yes and... <laughs> Yes, he saw the Emoji movie, and he thought it was wonderful. He, he was See? like, he was like, honestly, not as good as Baby Driver. No, that's exactly, uh, what, that's exactly what he would say. There you go. And then you'd have to get Brooke shooting back and saying, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is much better. I don't know why Robin doesn't understand that. There we go. That's great. So here's like here's like you guys okay you guys want a good Robin Lopez back this is like my please my, I think this is like my favorite thing that I learned about him this season. He played all eighty-two games of the regular season plus playoffs wearing the same pair of shoes. He did not change shoes once. Disgusting. Like most, <laughs> and like when he when he said that like I this, this, I found this out like like a week to go in the season. He was putting his shoes on in the locker room, and he was like, okay, two more games to go. And I and people were like, wait, like you think you're not going to make the playoffs? like, no, I'm just talking about my shoes. And then I was like, asking <laughs> other guys, like, I was asking like, some of the other players, like, how many pairs of shoes do you go through a year? Most of them would say, you know, I go through six or seven pairs a, a year. Like, I change them out every once in a while. Dwayne Wade, of course, is like, I go through 100 pairs a year. <laughs> Ron Lopez literally has worn the same pair of shoes the entire season. 
That makes me physically ill. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, that's cool. That's interesting. I mean, I don't understand why you would feel that way when you literally could have any shoe you want at all times. But sure. Yeah. I mean, go go on with your bad self, my man. Keep it up. How how mad uh, accidentally ripped a hole in those shoes while kicking a mascot? <laughs> or Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Serge Ibaka. <laughs> do it. Do a lot of players have beef with Serge Ibaka? Why is he such a lightning rod for for physical confrontations? I don't know, but Stephen Jackson said he's not about that life, and he like kind of actually is about that life. <laughs> <laughs> guys, apparently they brought Leia Remini back for uh, Kevin Can Wait because there was an undeniable spark between the two former leads of the King of Queens. What a surprise. Now, Are you oh, never no. guessed? Is, I'm, really is happy, Kevin... I'm really happy for you, Dave. I know you're really distressed about this. <laughs> is, uh, Ridiculous. Is Kevin you just can... kill... <laughs> you're killing his wife. How is, that, how is that a basis for a comedy? Who who plays his wife now? Some lady. Well, Some Leia Remini's not lady. playing his wife. She's his former police partner. Right, but they're going to turn them into a romance, right? Of course they are, because a man and a woman can't be in the same room without fucking... You know I mean, that. Leah Remini and Kevin James, that's just... The chemistry's just, off the charts, just the, raw the, sensuality. The Here. Mm. It's like cotton candy, baby. They just... I hate that, Dave. I hate what you just said. <laughs> now, does this mean the Church of Scientology? <laughs> uh, is the Church of Scientology okay. going to boycott Kevin Can Wait now? Yeah, they can join the rest of the uh, God-fearing world. <laughs> James, Kevin James seems like he would play Jerry Krause in a movie, right? <laughs> a fun, you know, like, comedy version of how they destroyed the Bulls. Uh, you know, I had to interview Gallagher once about ten years ago, and Kevin James is his favorite comedian. He says he's the whole package. Has Kevin James ever performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos? No. No way. Too big. They can't afford him. They got they afforded Gallagher. Gallagher was big. I mean, do you have, like, some peanuts left over from your flight? And uh, he doesn't even smash the watermelon anymore because he's had heart problems. So he has to have someone else smash it. That's an excuse for not being able to afford the watermelon anymore. (laughs) Come on. He did, though, at that that gathering of the Juggalos, he did smash a lot of watermelon-flavored Fago. Though. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Clever little workaround there, huh? <laughs> Alright, anything uh, we want to talk about before we get to the game at the end? There is one thing I wanted to ask Sean. Uh, okay. which, which one? Sean, Sean uh, I, can, I can ask There you go. Get it right pay the price. Um, Sean, you're like one of the funnier basketball writers on Twitter. And I'm does, not sure I agree, but okay. I agree. Uh, how does that jive with them having to talk about the people you tweeted funny jokes about when you're covering the team? Like, does I, that ever come up? 
I think it's I think it's just a line you have to walk of like you can never make it like there's certain like areas you can't go into or like like most like the thing is most of these guys like most of these players and even like like the coaches and like the team like 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 most of these guys are like they have a pretty good sense of humor about stuff and they're all like willing to make fun of themselves like I, mean, I think the fact that I'm also pretty self-deprecating on there like I'm not like some guy who's like oh I'm gonna make fun of everybody else but I also like if somebody wants to make fun of me for something like I I, I can laugh at myself too as long as like these jokes that you make about like players or whoever as long as it's not personal or like crossing a line like I, I don't know what the, exactly like the specific line is but like in a way like if, if, if it ever comes off as like mean spirit like that's so that's a way that like I have a problem with this but if it's just like a joke like and it's pretty harmless most of my stuff is pretty harmless like mm-hmm. I don't I I've, I've never I've never had that come up with a player said hey I saw the thing you, you you said on Twitter about like if anything like like I'll have like 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 I like I remember like I'll get, I'll give you an example, and, like, I, I guess I can talk about this because it's, like, it was a public thing, but, like, I tweeted, like, after the Bulls did that trade, I tweeted, like, just, like, I just put together, like, what their depth chart was going to be like, and then I tweeted it out, mm-hmm. and I had Bobby Portis as the third, just because, like, okay, if they re-sign Nikola Mirich for $10 million a year, he's going to be the starter, and they just drafted Lowry Markin in seventh overall, so somebody's got to be the third string. And so Bobby retweets this, and like me and Bobby have always been really cool. Like, but like, and he follows me and stuff, and like he he's like retweet, like thinks my tweets are funny. And stuff. He'll like he retweeted that tweet, and he's like, "Man, you guys are sleeping on me. You had me as the odd man out." Like, and he seemed like he was mad. But then like I saw him in Vegas and talked to him about it. Like, and it was like it, he, he, he just, we, we didn't even talk about it. Like, it was just like nothing had happened. Like, he just like it was like okay, whatever. Oh, that's that made me feel that kind of warmed my heart about old Bobby Portis. Bobby's a funny kid. I really, I really, I really hope he is able to be more consistent than he has been because I, I, I like him a lot, like on a personal level. I hope he I hope he ends up having a good career. <clears throat> as as do I. Um <clears throat> all right. Good answer, Sean. Uh so we have two final games that we play every two Two. Good lord. Good you lord. You only told me about one. Are you going to just ambush me here? Yes, surprise. I am. I am about to ambush you because I forgot to put it on the rundown. But, okay. Sean, what is your current hottest take about the NBA? Ooh. This is like the least needle-moving hot take. Like, I don't have like a, oh, LeBron is like is like going to go to the Lakers that they're going to win finally. Like, I, don't, I don't have a take like that. I have like a much more like less uh, level like, in terms of like the impact it's going to have on the league, but I kind of don't think the Pacers are going to be as bad as everybody else thinks they're going to be. Oh, so you're you're on Team Boyan. I'm I'm on I'm on Team. Compare their roster to like the Bulls and the Suns and the Hawks, and that you can put together an entire starting lineup with the Pacers of actual proven NBA players. Whereas I feel like you can't with. So like I I just I just feel like okay so like like the Pacers starting line is probably gonna be like okay Darren Collison like he's not great but he's you know he's a he's a point he's an NBA point guard Victor Oladipo like he's good Bojan is fine Thad Young is fine Miles Tur- like like they have all these guys like they're gonna be bad still but they're gonna be like, guys they have on the team are like okay this is fine this is fine they they don't have like 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 if you look at the Hawks like the Hawks best player legitimately might be like Ken Bazemore oh my god. Right? Well, and at least at least that's a watchable team. Like the Pacers are a right. team that is going to give up a lot of points, but all those guys can score. 
Right, like well, Miles Turner's fun. Like I actually like so that's that's my I don't know is is does it count as a hot take if it's like against the grain, but it's also like something that nobody cares about. No, that's so a good that that's happens. a hot take. I I think t- takes takes play anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like because like I because like I could I could go the like. Like the like Kyrie Irving like is going to regret live like wanting to leave LeBron. He'll never win a chance. He'll never make the playoffs again in his career. Well, like I could go, I could go that route if I wanted to. But no, I actually think the Pacers are going to be watchable. Well, our, they might win thirty. They might even win thirty-five games and make the and they get the seventh seed in the in the East because that's how bad the East is going to be. It's a that's a that's a good take. No, that's a good take. It's certainly better than uh, our co-host Sean's hot take, which is that he wants the jump ball. Out of the NBA, <laughs> and honestly, and we've had we've had two guests uh, endorse that actually recently too. It's great. I, Building I don't momentum. Think I, could, I don't think I can get on board with that. I enjoy, I enjoy like like there like there 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 will just be random times where like a team will like just decide not like have their guy go, go into the circle for the tip and then just not even jump because they want to have possession in the, in the middle two quarters like like that kind of stuff is interesting to me it's just like it's sort of like a, it's like a much lower stakes version of like in football where like you might win the coin toss and then decide to receive first or like like like, like I think like getting getting rid of that element of the game like I don't know if I want to do that you know what I got what I want guys the what, XFL, the XFL scramble. <laughs> did you guys watch that? Did you guys watch the XFL Thirty for Thirty? Yes, sir. I haven't yet. It was really good, and then just like the idea of that league, like, like, could you imagine like like starting a league like that today, and then like preempting SNL back like before, like, like the thing that was crazy was like they preempted SNL. This is like back before Twitter when like people, everybody watched the same TV show like, on network, and so SNL was like still a thing that people care about, and. Hold on. So you're talking about what would life be like if there was a sports league that took place in the off season of the major league in that sport, featuring nothing but washed up has beens <laughs> or people who may or may not even have professional level sports ability. Plus, the big three is not necessarily. I know where you're going, but I went. I actually went to the big three when it was in Chicago a week ago, and I thought it was kind of. They can uh, they can put their nicknames on the oh. back of jerseys too. They don't do it consistently with with how they with how they do the nicknames though, because like, and he didn't play in it uh, the week that I went in Chicago because he was injured by then. But Jason Williams, like his jersey says white chocolate on the back, but then Brian Scalabrini's jersey says W Mamba, and it's like chocolate is a longer word than Mamba. Like, <laughs> like, they, like they can put white chocolate on there, but they. Well, when they had the nickname jerseys in the NBA, I remember Ray Allen had Jay Shuttlesworth because of all the other Shuttlesworths that he could have been confused with <laughs> in that Heat-Nets game. My favorite part of that Heat Nets game, and I remember because like this is back when I was at USA Today and I was writing on like the I was the NBA writer for uh, for the win and I did a post uh, power ranking like all the nickname jerseys from that <laughs> game and James Jones who was on the Heat at the time and Joe Johnson who was on the Nets at the time both had JJ as their nicknames. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I feel like half of them had like. Like there were some that were really good. Like like Andre Kirilenko had his name in Russian, which I thought was pretty cool. And then like obviously LeBron had King James and like uh-huh. Wayne Wade I think had Flash or something. And it's like like some of them are cool. And like Chris Anderson had Birdman, but like that. But like then then there were like half the guys on both of the teams just had their initials. And it's like really no like nobody calls you that. 
I mean, to be fair to Joe Johnson, his real nickname, seven times Time all star and future, future Hall of Famer, Famer Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson that's not, that's does not, not fit on his name. That's not his nickname. That's his legal name. I, the basketball coach used to call Joe Johnson the Armadillo Cowboy for some reason. I think that's <laughs> hey, can uh, can I ask you a nickname question, Sean? Of course. Is Dwayne Wade still trying to get people to call him three? I hope not. Not, not that I know of. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that was like a day. Yeah, that's terrible. No, I, I'm glad. I'm glad he got rid of that one. I think. I think he mostly just goes with. With, with with Flash at this point, or like Way of Wade, W-O-W, which is yeah, also... Yeah, wow. Which is also whack, but it's not as whack as three. Three is the worst. <laughs> All right, what's our last game, guys? All right, so we play a game every week now. What are they doing? Uh, and last week, we asked Eric Dodorian, me and Sean Keen, what Phil Jackson was doing... And uh, we posted a poll on Twitter, and it turned out Eric DeDoran won because he decided that Phil Jackson was writing a book uh, confessing to be the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, Yeah, it was uh, his version of If I Did It, but the murder was for the Knicks franchise, and then (laughs) it secretly turned out he was the Zodiac Killer. Also, Also, retroactively, everybody decided he was on peyote in that one as well. So, yeah. Congratulations, um, Dunk Dorian 1000. So, yeah. One, give him the fly the W, Dubaroo. Eric Dorian is 1 and 0. I am. Hold on, let me pull up the. Uh, actually, this is Dubaroo's job. I'm not going to do this right now. But today's question is guys, what is Rajon Rondo doing? Right this second. What is Rajon Rondo doing right now? Who's going first? Somebody else can go first. Because I have to have a good answer. I can lead off. Um, I think he is injuring um, either his elbow or his hand um, because he is taking one of his 15 daily showers because he's a germaphobe. And he did not take his roller skates off before he got in the shower. So he's he's breaking a bone by roller skating in the shower. I like it. I like it. I think he is 67 games of online Connect 4 at the same time. 67 at the same time. Oh, wow. oh at the same time. Like Bobby Fischer. Ooh. And he's just hitting a clock every time he drops he's a virtual so, disc. Yes. So many moves ahead. He's so many moves ahead. <laughs> so he's actually right. connected. To shorten this for the poll, would you say he's connecting 238? <laughs> That's not the right math. <laughs> That's incorrect. Dave, what do you think he's doing? Okay. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We got a statement from Alan Iverson about the big three. Can I announce this real quick? <laughs> please, oh, please. First and foremost, I apologize to Ice Cube and my big three family, my fans, and everyone disappointed by my absence in Dallas this past weekend. I have spoken with Ice Cube directly regarding the details of my absence. I will do my best to make up for the, the big three tour. 
Okay, well. Well, he's going to get a better okay. doctor's note to explain not playing, which was uh, his whole thing. He was gambling at a casino. There were pictures of him. <laughs> my favorite thing well, was that the big three said they were going to launch an investigation because my theory was that you could only have investigators who peaked in, like, 2002. So my dream team was uh, Sipowitz, um, the sunglasses David Caruso wears in CSI Miami, the ghost of Jerry Orbach, and, of course, Deputy Sheriff Shaquille O'Neal. So, oh, yeah. I was going to say Ken Starr. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is Whoever good. Was, whoever it was that was, like, the investigator in the Michael Jackson trial from, like, 2003. <laughs> solid, solid list. The, okay, Penn, so the Penn State Athletic Department investigators didn't see a problem here. As far okay, as I'm concerned, he was at the game. Ray Rondo, all right, all right. Uh, I believe that Ray John Rondo is currently at this very moment at Mixology 101 Grill and Lounge, a stylish <laughs> cocktail lounge conveniently located in the original farmer's market next to the Grove in Los Angeles, California. Is this another live read? No, <laughs> this, is, this is not a sponsored uh, live read at all. Mixology has not paid me for this. Mention of their sleek contemporary watering hole with an extensive <laughs> menu of mixed drinks and modern bar bites. 6333 West Third Street. It's open till 11 tonight, so check it out, guys. Rajon Rondo's there right now. Wow. He'll definitely dap you up and sign something. He might even order you one of their delicious drinks, such as. Such as the classic champagne cocktail. Dating from 1889, this mixture has won the hearts and minds of champagne aficionados throughout the world. Check it out, guys. Check it out. Okay. Wow. If I didn't have all my cocktails at LA Live, the West Coast premier entertainment destination, I would check that out for sure. Listen, you know what? Some guys, some guys are an LA Live kind of person, and some guys are a Grove kind of person. And never the twain shall meet, okay? You know what? Enjoy um, Katsuya. What else do they have there? What's that place everything. where the ESPN zone used to be? They don't have everything. They don't have a mixology. Oh, the FS1 zone, actually. But they've <laughs> actually switched to all video food, so it's not as good to go to. <laughs> they just show you videos right. of food. It sucks. Sean, where is where's John Rondo at right now? So he's actually in my apartment right now, adjusting my mic stand to mess up to mess with my audio while I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> I think that's gonna win. I have a feeling. That's actually that's because that's actually like a, there's a, there's actually a backstory behind this because like what what he would, would do last year when, when, at practice, like the way that these that the practice is set up is like they let us onto the floor at uh, the end of practice and then they bring a player over to come talk to all the reporters. And they, you know, there's a little stand that all of the TV camera, like all the TV stations, put their mics on so they don't have to all hold them. And like, it's like a thing they put right in front of it. And so what Rondo would do because he hates being on TV, or he hates like speaking in front of cameras. Like he'll talk to reporters like on a microphone, but he'll hate he hates being on camera. So what he would do was he would come over, and he would like the mic stand. Like, Adjust it up so that it's directly covering him in space just to mess with, like, the TV cameras. That's, like, a running, like, thing he would do during the season. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have me on the podcast, to bring on, to, to, to bring the insider knowledge. Exactly. Yeah, we have only outsider knowledge. It's kind of sad. <laughs> um, all right, so... That poll will be up on Twitter at Round Rock Pod. 
Uh, feel free to vote what you think Rajon Rondo is doing right now. Is he playing 64 games of Connect 4? Or roller skating in the shower? Or at Mixology 101 at the Grove? Or in Sean Hyken's apartment messing up his audio? Um, and by, by the way, just to bring this all full circle, Bobby Portis is like in the middle of doing a Twitter Q&A. And he said someone asked him who's the best teammate he's ever had in the NBA, and he answered Rajon Rondo. Of course, of course, he my did. vets, baby, my vets, baby. <laughs> and to truly bring this full circle, Bobby Portis recently was asked what his favorite sitcom is, and he said Kevin can wait. Whoa! Shut up! Wow! Shut no, up. he did not. He did not. That was a lie. <laughs> what, what if they had? A, what if they were, had a guest spot where he murdered Kevin James's wife? I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would watch that episode. Sean Hyken, thank you for joining us this week. It was a pleasure to have you on board this program. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Sean, Joey, we really need to get my giant. Okay, can we get that? I know. We'll figure it out. Okay, I'm leaving that to you. Uh, Uh, Hyken, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hyken, which is at H-I-G-H-K-I-N. That's my last name. I still co-host the Locked on Bulls podcast, uh, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. If you're a Bulls fan, you should check that out. If you're a fan of another team, you should check out their podcast in the Locked on Podcast Network, because they all do a lot of great work. I'm still writing for The Athletic. My contract's not up for two more months. I just kind of made it public yesterday. Just, I'm still writing at The Athletic. You should still subscribe to The Athletic. They made a lot of really good hires, you know, in the Bay Area and then, like, on the college level. Like, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, if any editor of an outlet who cover the NBA for them wants to email me and give me a job, you know, that, that would be much appreciated, too. Hire Sean Hyken. He's really good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that was lovely. As always, trust the process, my friends. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Oh, sorry. I oh. forgot that you need to do that. My bad. It's been a while. I'm a little rusty, fellas. Yeah. Uh, did you tweet anything Frank- interesting this week, Joey? Oh, I sure did. If you remember last week, I was tweeting about how I paid a contractor a deposit and he never showed up. Uh, well, the contractor finally called today. Says maybe Friday. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, given my passion for Joey's Twitter account, I know probably not Friday. (laughs) Probably not Friday. Yeah. Maybe a tree (laughs) will fall on his house, but a contractor will probably not arrive. Okay. (laughs) For real this time, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's go home. Bye, guys. What year? Oh, yeah, you play for Dallas. Every damn pier. Listen here. They call me Steph Harden. I make the same salary as Steph and James Harden. 200 plus. 248. You do the math, man. Damn, my life is great. You want to battle these? You better have endurance. Before you crash, man, get that general insurance. Or get some icy hot. Rub it on your back. Before you break that. Brick around with Shaq. Sit down, man. You be doing the most. You know your ass is barbecue chicken in the post. First you can beat Mike, then you can beat me. Wake that ass up. You having a dream. And when you wake up, apologize. And bow down to my staples in a statue hanging off the side of the building. Excuse me, arena. I feel like Martin with this flow. Damn, Gina. 
you've been caught up in a rapture. And when you watch his old play, look up in the rafters. You'll see Magic Johnson, you'll see Jerry West, you'll see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, damn he was the best. Keep looking man, I know you see this. Number 34 next to Gail Kush Rich, Big Daddy Kane, no half-stepping. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.